1: For Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanes Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football.
0: If you're watching on SWX Montana Television or the ESPN MT app, I put my my uh, bull riding picture up because I think it's going to be a rodeo in Bozeman, Montana, on Saturday. I also think it could be a rodeo with a lot of the Big Sky Conference teams left in the FCS playoffs. Welcome in, Coulter Nuana's Nuana's now. Thanks so much for tuning in here on ESPN Radio or as the aforementioned on SWX Montana Television or on the ESPN MT app. If you hadn't heard, ton of uh, FCS playoff action coming down the pipe on Saturday. So we'll talk all the way around all of that. We'll also talk some NFL today. We'll also talk some women's basketball, specifically a devastating injury for a Missoulian who's currently playing for the Montana State women's basketball team. Montana State uh, announced last night Lexi Deaton out for the year, torn ACL. Super bummer. We talked two days ago about how she was the Big Sky Player of the Week coming out of their uh, their Thanksgiving holiday tournament down in Cancun, and uh, just devastating news for for Alexi Deedon, who's a former Missoula Sentinel standout. Uh, So we'll get to that, hash that out, what it means for the rest of the league. Also, the Grizz played in Reno last night, first time they played in Reno, since they won a Big Sky Conference tournament championship in Reno, but this time it wasn't on a neutral side. It was against the Nevada Wolfpack. So we get you caught up on some college hoop stuff as well. We'll also hear from Tyler Roll who's the offensive coordinator for the North Dakota State Bison. He'll join us here in just a few minutes. We're also going to hear from Terrence Archer. He's the associate head coach of the Delaware Blue Hens. Of course, North Dakota State in Bozeman to take on Montana State and Delaware in Missoula to take on the Grizzlies. So one uh, really familiar opponent when he's talking about the team coming to Bobcat Stadium. One completely foreign opponent when it comes to the Blue Hens, although we do know quite a bit about them just in terms of their program prestige in general. They're 23rd playoff appearance as a program. They've won a national championship, so uh, Delaware certainly uh, does have some clout on the national level. They're certainly, I think, you considered uh, a blue-blood type program, one of the better, if uh, not probably the best remaining program there in the uh, Colonial Athletic Association. So we'll learn a little, little bit about, more about them from their assistant head coach, who also happens to be their passing game coordinator, which is uh, an interesting fold considering their quarterback situation there. Uh, at the University of Delaware, the Blue Hens coming to town. And then uh, because it's a Thursday, like we do every Thursday, we will uh, break down the NFL by the numbers, by the betting lines. All football all the time. Brooks Nuana is coming up uh, at the top of the hour. That's about 5 o'clock. We're also going to hear from Brent Vegan, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. He joined uh, me for a one-on-one earlier this week, so appreciate Coach Vegan for uh, a little extra time outside the press conference. I just wanted to ask him a little bit more about the details not necessarily of the X's and O's in the chess match against North Dakota State, more just the dynamic be- because of the, the closeness of the programs. Of course, Brett Vegan is a North Dakota State alum. He played there in the mid 1990s. Then he coached there from 1998 until 2013. I and mean, that's a pretty substantial stretch. It's a 15 year stretch while he was there. And uh, of course, he hasn't been at NDSU for 10 years, but a lot of the stuff that Montana State's doing is, is very NDSU like, the culture. Uh, Vegans put his own stamp on it for sure, but there's a lot of similarities there. Tyler Rule, who's going to join us here in just a minute from North Dakota State, he was at he was a player at NDSU when Vegan was coaching there, and then he was a, a grad assistant there. Uh, Vegan's last year uh, as the offensive coordinator there at NDSU. So there's a lot of uh, ties that way. Willie Mac Garza, who's the defensive coordinator there at at uh, at NDSU. Or excuse me, at Montana State, he used to be the the defensive coordinator at NDSU. So there's this, there's so many different ties. So Tyler Rule and Brent Vegan will talk about those various different ties here in those interviews as well. So uh, as you expect this time of year, mostly football, a little bit of basketball, and uh, a whole bunch of fun. I am Coulter Nuñez. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. If you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. You can also be a part of the show by calling or texting, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. And, uh, of course, you can always listen on the traditional radio dial, 102.9 FM ESPN Radio, or on the television, SWX Montana TV, or on the uh, ESPN Uh, Chris Hockey is in town this weekend. If you can't make it down to Glacier Ice Rink, you can always stream it on the MT app. Or you can head over to Buffalo Wild Wings and kick it over there with those guys. They'll always have it on. Uh, the, uh, The wings and the beers are definitely what they're known for, but the hamburgers are delicious, too. I had a burger over there a couple weeks ago, and it was quite nice. They're just right across the street from us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. So a good neighbor to have. Want to watch the Grizz hockey game and uh, have a couple beverages? Head on over to Buffalo Wild Wings. Puck drops 8.30 both Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, Jeff Safford will be on the call on both ESPN Radio and the ESPN MT app. And uh, if you can't uh, make it down to the rink and you can't tune in on the radio, you can head on over to Buffalo Wild Wings. So appreciate them uh, for their continued uh, support of Grizz hockey. I mentioned that I think that the the games could be rodeos. It, it, you know, I don't want to don't want to get out ahead of us or get ahead of, of myself. Or uh, it's the playoffs. Sixteen teams left, so everybody's left is good. I, I just think that the, the 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 team that has the most uphill sledding to do, besides probably Mercer, Mercer's got to go to South Dakota State play the defending national champs. They're thirty one and a half point dogs. So yeah, I think that should be a a pretty easy walk into the quarterfinals for SDSU. And I think Montana should is justified as a heavy favorite over Delaware. The, the line opened up at minus 13.5. It's since moved. I've seen it uh, between 18.5 and 21.5, and depending on what book you're looking at. And I think that's about right. I think the Grizz deserve to be about a three-score favorite. Again, Delaware has great program tradition. They won a national championship back in 2003, which is actually more recent than Montana has won a national championship. They made in the playoffs. Pretty much perennially, I think 23 playoff appearances is, I think it's the fifth or sixth most in subdivision history. And several of the, the teams from the subdivision that have more playoff appearances, they aren't even in the subdivision anymore. Georgia, Georgia Southern, App State, uh, James Madison all uh, probably have more than Delaware, and they're not in the subdivision anymore. Uh, to put it in perspective, the Grizz have been in the playoffs 35 times. So um, certainly a lot of, uh, Delaware's been good, and pretty good, and sometimes really good, really often, consistently. Uh, so no no demeaning their program. I just think that it's going to be a really tall task, first of all, to come all the way across the country. That's tough travel. But second of all, to do it with a true freshman quarterback in Nick Minakuchi. No word yet if, if either of the, the two more veteran guys that Delaware has on their roster um, will be back this week. Uh, but if it is a true freshman, and then Marcus Yarm's the the stud senior running back, if if he's out, which has been speculated, that's just a it's a really tough task to come in and play a red hot Montana team that's one seven in a row, Big Sky champs for the first time in a generation, uh, you know, night game, cold weather, all that sort of stuff. It is there's a lot of stuff stacked against Delaware. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I I, I think that Montana Montana should have a decisive victory on Saturday. The other games involving big sky teams though, man, the one in Bozeman, I, I don't know, man. I think I mean the Cats are three and a half point favorites. I think that's about right. I mean, they're at home. They got the longest home winning streak in the country. North Dakota State's North Dakota State. I know they a lot of people are projected and prognosticated and, and analyzed that they're not North Dakota State of old. First of all, the bar's so high, you know, I mean they they're certainly not as good as like the twenty nineteen NDSU team that had you know, a million different standout, unbelievable players. But they're still really dang good, right? And they still have a winning tradition. They still have this mentality where they know how to win. They know how to win in the playoffs. Can they win on the road, though? That's a, that's a huge question. for the Cats, can they pull themselves up off the mat after getting drilled uh, in the playoffs, or excuse me, in the uh, the regular season finale right before the playoffs uh, by rival Montana? Idaho, they're the four seed, and uh, they're seven-and-a-half point favorites over Southern Illinois, so Illinois is good defensively, so they actually match up with Idaho okay. And for Idaho, I think the factors are: is Giovanni McCoy healthy? He'd missed the the regular season finale against Idaho State. Idaho didn't miss a beat. Jack Lane came in and went nuts. He was the biggest guy player of the week that week, and uh, Idaho scored fifty six points in the first half and ended up scoring sixty three against Idaho State. So, but uh, but McCoy being back is going to be key for Idaho now and later if they are to make a playoff run. More than anything though, I think it's just about. Can you handle the spotlight? Can you handle the pressure? They had a hard time handling the pressure when Montana came to town. Nationally televised game, all that sort of stuff. But then they sort of learned from that and bounced back and got a big-time win over Montana State two weeks later. And that, you know, I know in Montana State on the same record, 8-3. and three, But the Vandals are the 4 because they're head-to-head against MSU, whereas uh, MSU got the 6 because they lost to Idaho and they lost to the griss. So that's the way the cookie crumbled. But I just think that the Vandals, they, they're going to have to, Embrace the spotlight. Prove that they belong. Prove that they can endure. And then the the, uh, the fourth game involving a Big Sky team is Sacramento State at South Dakota. South Dakota's the three seed. They deserve to be the three seed. They're a 9-2 team. But they were about, well, I don't know, I think eight points away. I guess nine points away from being one of those three teams that were playing in the first round. South Dakota beat North Dakota 14-10. South Dakota beat North Dakota State 24-19. So you won the games. You played great defense in those games. You won those games. You can't take it away from them. But they're only, uh, you know, a, about a touchdown total away from being a 7-4 and team. And, you know, could have, should have, would have, whatever. If ifs and buts were candy and nets, like they say. But South Dakota still, though, I think they they are unfamiliar in this position as well. The Missouri Valley was razor, razor thin margin of victory, just like the Big Sky was this year. And Sac State, even though they sort of stumbled down the stretch, they have already proven that they can bounce back there. They already get, went on the road and got a nice win at North Dakota last week. So can they carry that momentum? Uh, we shall see. But I do think we're in for some really good games. I think the, the only two games with big-time spreads on them are that Mercer-South Dakota State game and the Grizz-Delaware game. All the rest of the games, the book thinks they're going to be one-score games. They're between 2.5 and, and 7.5 and point. Spreads for the rest of the FCS games. So I think we're in for some good football here uh, in the second round. Well, we continue to give you coverage leading up to the second round of the FCS playoffs. So, we got a primetime premier matchup in Bozeman, Montana. It seems like an annual occurrence the last handful of years. Just depends on which round it occurs in when Montana State and North Dakota State square off. This time, though, first time in a long time, it's been in Bobcat Stadium. The offensive coordinator for North Dakota State joins us now. Tyler Roll here on is Now ESPN Radio. Coach Roll,
1: thanks so much for being with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate it. I'm ready. I'm uh... ready ready to get this one going. So thanks for having me on. Well, first of all, let's just uh, start with with
0: last week. You guys had a team uh, that was a coverage champion and Drake coming to town, but uh, no trouble. Short work after uh, maybe a little bit of an inauspicious start, down 3 nothing, but then 66 in a row. Uh, that's pretty good. So uh, what would you like about the way your team played last week, especially offensively?
1: You know, the biggest thing you preach is start fast, start fast, start fast. And through the course of the regular season, we were able to score – on each of our first drives every single game, three of them being a field goal, every other one being a touchdown. And then we kind of jinxed ourselves and went out, and we did fumble it. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I thought the kids played extremely hard. Uh, they were focused, locked in. Uh, no matter who the opponent was or is, uh, there was a level of, of, of energy and effort that's desired out of, out of a Bison offense, and they executed the plan really well. Uh, still some th- some things to be corrected, um, but no they they did well, played well, um, especially I thought in the past game, you know we we were pretty explosive in the past game and in the first half we were hundred percent completion, hundred percent on third down, and those are obviously just key factors to to our success. And um, just the way we were able to consistently run the ball, there wasn't you know huge home run plays on the ground, but with consistency and then being explosive in the pass game led to, led to our victory.
0: When it comes to this, your history at North Coast, I know you're an alum, I know you played there in the mid 2000s and, and now I've been coaching there for uh, the better part of the last 10 years. Uh, so what's your perspective on just this awesome run you guys have had? I mean, you've, you've been a big part of it. So uh, I, I guess the question is uh, what's, what's maybe similar about this year's North Dakota state team from the ones in the past and maybe what's different about this NDSU team, the ones in the past.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Being here for 16 years, you just see consistency in success, success. And, uh, I think it's always about the people and the people that you're, you're able to have in the program. And it's, it's people of, of low ego, high character, high capacity, people who are willing to work and that has not changed. Uh, this team is, is very similar in in what we've had from a success standpoint, The the South Dakota game that that we lost, uh, we got down early, uh, had a turnover early offensively, and then just were not able to uh, capitalize in the second half. And we we got back into striking distance, but were never able to uh, overcome just the early deficit. UND, we got down early. They brought the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and then they just continued to roll. And uh, we were up and down. Offensively, um, but did not, as a team, have enough to to win the game. And then against South Dakota State, we just had you know turnovers. Um, it was back and forth uh, early, and then three turnovers did not did not help us in that game. So I just think um, just there's a couple moments where we have not been able as a team to overcome some adversity. I feel like there's good confidence and composure. Through the course of the year, and you know, a month ago or whatever, after the uh, South Dakota State game, it just okay. One step at a time. Let's continue to build positive momentum, um, and just keep working towards achieving our goals because everything we want is still in front of us.
0: Nuat is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. How to roll? The offensive coordinator for North Dakota State joins us as the Bison making their way to Bozeman to take on Montana State. All that said, I mean, great details about uh, sort of the the ups and downs of this season, but it's been a lot of ups this last month. And you guys take a head of steam into Bobcat Stadium. So, uh, what's been the key to you guys playing so well uh, down the stretch and now through the first round of the playoffs?
1: Yeah, you know, I think you ask any any coach. You know, how are you able to, to have success through the course of the year? And it's honestly, it's continued to emphasize the things that we're doing well and l- eliminate the things that we aren't maybe doing as well early in the season. And it's simplifying. And isn't it crazy just how you simplify things? It, it gets a little bit easier. For sure. Um, you, you know, and you're, you're able to uh, identify the kids who, who are really becoming playmakers and just emphasize the touches and the opportunities that they have to catch the ball. So in combination with where you want maybe the ball to hit schematically, understanding um, your team as a whole into the how and the why to get them the ball, um, with what schemes maybe they execute the best, maybe the route they run the best, putting those pieces um, intentionally in the right spots I feel like that's been been really key to our success, and just different ways that we've been able to operate um, offensively with with different mechanics and different communication and things um, that have streamlined, you know, our execution. Just the efficiency and urgency that we're able to work with um, has helped us out a ton as well.
0: I want to ask about your quarterback. The first time I ever interviewed Cam Miller, he played in about seven games, and he was a freshman, and it he was headed into the 2021 national championship, which was the last time you guys played at Texas State. And, you know, just in a few short years, you could just tell, just talking to him, just, you know, brief brief conversation, just how much he's grown up. Where have you seen him grow, both as a player and just
1: as a young man? It's like anything in life uh, the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. And there's a level of of comfort. Um, that he has. And, you know, I I think something really special, you know, on an offensive side of the ball within any team is if the coordinator and the quarterback can see the game through the same lens, that's where you're going to have ultimate execution on the football field. It's like having another coach on the field. So uh, we've really worked hard. Um, We trust each other. Uh in we have a high level of connection and, and with with that work that we've been able to put in, uh he's gone out there and executed at a high level. I, I'd say, you know, ninety-five percent of the time pre-snap, I know where the ball's gonna go because I'm seeing it and processing it through his eyes. And then he's able to go out there and just play really fast. And the time that we're we're able to spend together, um, you know, within within a game plan, within a week at practice, just talking through the details and his ability to just be the true quarterback in um, getting the ball out on time, setting protection, you know, whether there's different things that we want to want to get to versus certain certain looks. Um, he's, he's doing that flawlessly, and, and I'm happy for the success that he's had for our unit. And um, I look for him to continue to play at high level because he's got really good confidence right now. He's got, he's got a swagger about him. He's, he's playing with, with some moxie and some savvy. So uh, happy with the way he's, he's executing and really happy with the person that he's become because he's really grown as a leader, um, someone that the young kids on our team look up to and rally around. Not only the young kids, but the team as a whole, and and happy with his progress as as a person and as a football player.
0: Tyler Roll offensive coordinator at North Dakota State joining us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, so let's talk about this game with the Bobcats then. First of all, just your impressions of Brett Vegan. I know that uh, Brett Coach Vegan obviously was there at, at NDSU forever as a player and then all the way through as a coach up until that uh, 2013 National Championship uh, team. But I, I believe you were a, a, an offensive assistant or a grad assistant of some sort when that staff was there uh, the last couple years. So... Um, what do you think of the job Coach Vegan has done? And why, what sort of element do you think that adds to the game, just uh, going against a guy who's sort of from the same coaching tree and sort of the same neck, neck of the woods as you guys?
1: You know, there's there's so much respect um, from myself to Coach Vegan. He's a mentor of mine, uh, learned a lot about football, uh, learned a lot about bison football. Um, my foundation of football has has, you know, Really, come from Viegas and in the staff when I was a player, spent have spent a ton of time uh, with Coach Veegan and um, you know was a GA for him when he was the offensive coordinator, and and really then the GA kind of going back to my relationship with Cam Miller, just as the GA, you need to see everything through the coordinator's eyes. So understanding how how Viggs wanted the game plan, how he worked uh, meticulously in the details, his communication style and, you know, how he coached, why he said what he said, um, the intention, the mentality that he wanted the offense to play with, uh, have learned so much from, from him, happy for the success that he's had really happy for him and his family. And uh, I know he's got his oldest son on the team and how neat that must be. Um, so really, really happy for, for him, uh, and what he's done there, you know, in the game, it's interesting because going into the twenty-one game, Freddie Banks was a defensive coordinator. Freddie right. Banks was a player when I when I was a player here, and just knowing the nuances of how they wanted to defend us in our offense and our schemes, and how, you know, I kind of, you know, you have three weeks then to really sit down and dive in and dig into. This is what you need to do to that defense to have success. Okay. And now Coach Willie Mack Garza is the DC, and Coach Willie Mack was a DC when I was a player here. And just understanding the foundation of defense that, that he wants to have um for his unit and just the knowledge that um you know maybe I have gained going up against that defense. Um will will play a part. Just we know each other so well and um Viggs knows our defense um and you know i know that defense and this the, the foundational knowledge we have of two very similar programs um it's definitely a chess match in terms of you know the the how you're you're calling the play you know the the presentation of the play the schemes that you want to run and then maybe there's some schemes that you want to stay away from because they know that you're going to run it. So it's definitely a chess match in, in how we're going to, to present the offense to them and just, you know, how we want to be efficient and explosive on the field.
0: Well, last thing for you, the entire role of the offensive coordinator, in North Dakota state, as they make their way to Bozeman to take out number six, Montana state on Saturday afternoon, there at Bobcat stadium. Um, from a personnel standpoint, what do you see from the Bobcat defense, and and uh, what do you think of just the matchup uh, against your offense?
1: And that defensive end on the uh, the right side, Greeby. he's a dude. Yeah, you got it. He's a really good player, and uh, you know <laughs> uh, what what we need to do. Obviously, we are going to identify uh, where he's at. Um, you know, I, I think the line, the D line as a whole, is you know. I see a makeup of of how we want our D line to look here: tough, blue collar, uh, gritty, physical. Um, and then you look at the linebacking core. You know your two inside backers are going to be box players, and they want to be, you know, downhill and physical, and you know, kind of the the communicator and the coach on the field for the defense. Then you got the overhang linebacker number eight who does a good job. The DBs are good. You got twenty six who. You know 26 could be a linebacker but he's a strong safety for sure and the way he plays with his hair on fire and you know how he wants to be around the ball and in the box and um you know hats off to what coach Garza's done with that defense because they're playing at a really high level and you know for us it's it's continuing for for matchups for players um sometimes it's maybe it's not the scheme but it's putting the player in the right spot to go have success and you know, want to keep this this plan as, as simple as possible so um, the offense can go out there and play football, not think football, and play as fast as possible.
0: North Dakota State at Bobcat Stadium. 1 o'clock, second round of the FCS playoffs. Tyler Roll, the offensive coordinator there at NDSU, joining us here on Noyes Now. Coach, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, safe travels. Best of luck on Saturday.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Talented young coach there. And again, it's uh, learned under a lot of impressive guys uh, over the last long while. I mean, that's the po- mo- most impressive part to me about the North Dakota State thing. I mean, how can you say nine national championships isn't the most impressive part? That's astounding. And then you'll add in all their D2 success. And and it's honestly peerless. I mean, it's they have as they have as much winning tradition as any college football program in the United States of America. and And honestly... It's not actually particularly close. If you couple in all their North Central Conference championships and now all their Missouri Valley Conference championships and then, you know, the nine SES titles, I'll look it up for you how many D2 titles they won, but 10 plus. I mean, think of that. Think about the great tradition that Montana State has, for example. They have three national titles in their history. That's a lot. That's really good. Penn State, three national titles. Montana, two national titles. North Dakota State has... I'll, I'll stat check the number, but they have for sure double digits, no question, because they've won nine just at the Division I level. So. Uh, but the other part that I was getting to is, is the consistency and the continuity. The fact that they have guys that stay there for a really long time, and then when they leave, they also have success. Look at what's, what Chris Kleiman has done at Kansas State. Look at what Craig Bull has done at Wyoming. It's really, really impressive, and I mean, look at what Brent Vegan has done at Montana State as well. So the formula is a is a great one, and uh, their ability to be consistent with it is uh, impressive. We're going to stay on this game because I just think it's such a huge game. I think it's I think it is one of the defining games of this playoff bracket because I think that the winner between Montana State and North Dakota State has so much momentum going into the quarterfinals, and the loser. Is going to have a heck of a lot of questions to answer, especially if it's the Cats. Montana State head coach Brett Vegan joins us next. well, she thinks I'm crazy for a lot of reasons. But <laughs> because I read, I don't know, anywhere between four and uh, 12 plus books at a time, while also listening to between three and six audiobooks at a time, I guess I would probably, if I was observing me, I'd probably think that made me seem kind of crazy too. But one of the books I'm reading right now is called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Big Malcolm Gladwell fan of it. I've read every book he's ever written except this one that I'm currently almost done with. But he wrote a chapter in Blink. Blink, long story short, is just about our uh, ability to what they call thin slice. You heard this phrase, gut instinct or uh, first impression or whatever. A A lot of times, the more information we have, we think that's better and it makes us feel more comfortable, but it's actually not better because we get paralysis by analysis. And a lot of times, our ability to thin slice, our ability to observe a person, a place, a situation is actually as good as it's ever gonna be Boom, the first split second that you uh, observe it. Hence the title, Blink. He wrote about that artist, Kenna, which is a totally uh, weird artist. And you he just heard the the groove there. It's a little bit crunchy and kind of funky and, uh, I don't know, definitely an acquired taste. But then if you watch Kenna, it's a totally different experience. And that's why he w- that artist was written about in the book. Anyways... I don't even know what's going on in our own outline. I uh, said we were going to hear from Brent Vegan. That's not till next hour. <laughs> Head coach of the Montana State Bobcats is coming up about 5.30. Let's talk about the other FCS playoff game in Montana. It's the one in Missoula. The Delaware Blue Hens come to town. We're into the FCS playoffs and a big-time matchup Saturday night in Missoula. Delaware Blue Hens coming to town for the first time in 30 years. And we're joined now by the assistant head coach and wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator there for Delaware, Terrence Archer here uh, on Nuanas. Now. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. We're looking
2: forward to uh, heading out your way here in a couple days.
0: Well, first of all, let's start with last week. I, I got a chance to watch all the FCS playoff games. It was a great Thanksgiving Saturday. sit in there and vegging out watching all the games. But uh, your guys' game against Lafayette, certainly one of the most entertaining games i'm sure it was maybe not as entertaining from a coaching perspective because you guys were fighting it out to the end but just take us through it i mean a great win by your team
2: especially given a lot of the the stuff that went wrong to get it on the right side and then advance on yeah appreciate it yeah our guys they they really fought you know obviously the way the game started the first quarter you know everything went about as poorly as it could have um you know, we didn't play well on either side of the ball. We turned the ball over a couple times, um, and you know, found ourselves down, what, 28-7 pretty quickly. Um, you know, playing with uh with Nick, a freshman quarterback. You know, there were some there were some uh, rough spots there in the beginning, but you know, really proud of our guys uh, for coming back, for battling, uh, finishing in the second half. You know, coming back, taking the lead. You know, they took the the lead again late and, and you know, Nick kind of leading us down there at the end to set us up for a game winning field goal. Um, it was great. It, it was a lot of fun. You know, we the crowd was into it. So, um, you know, to beat a good team like that um, after being down 21 points was was great.
0: You hey, talk about your freshman quarterback. Uh, Nick Minicucci, and uh, I mean, always a bummer when you have uh, a couple guys go down. Both Ryan O'Connor and Zach Marker both went down against Villanova, and Nick kind of thrown the fire. True freshman, first college action in a rivalry game, and then he's got to do it the next week in the playoffs too. So, I mean, what would you think of just him stepping up? And, and it seemed like he did settle in in the second half a little bit. Yeah, as well.
2: yeah. Once he got comfortable, and you know, he got thrown into, like you said, a really tough situation against Nova. You know, you lose here first and second string quarterbacks on consecutive drives, you know, in the second quarter in a rivalry game, you know, the situation being, you know, Nick didn't get a ton of reps that week and he got thrown in there and, you know, he he threw a touchdown pass, but, you know, we weren't able to pull it out against Nova, but he did a great job preparing for, for Lafayette. And, you know, he's a kid we have, you know, our guys have a lot of faith in. He comes from a really good high school program uh, in New Jersey, Don Bosco. uh, So he won a lot of games as a high school quarterback um, you know, we really didn't expect him to play a ton this year, but you never know uh, injuries happened and he was ready to go and he's done a great job. Uh, you know, he's been learning a lot on the fly. Uh, he's got a strong arm athletic kid who can do th- do some things with his legs as well. So, um, you know, he stepped up when his number was called and we're, we're real happy with him
0: when it comes to just your guys' season in general. I don't, I mean, it's always tough when you have a big time rivalry game, the last game of the year, because you know yeah. one team's gonna win, one team's gonna lose, and right. I, I think that with Montana, Montana State all the time too, because you and Villanova were both great teams fighting for a seed, and then you know the loser kind of has to drop down. But I mean, what do you think of just your ability to rebound from that? Because a lot of times that can color your whole season, right? R- losing a rivalry game, but you guys seem to bounce back in fine fashion. What would you think of just the the mental adjustment?
2: Yeah, it was it was it was tough. You know, to be honest, our guys that that loss was tough on them. You know, there's so much on the line. There was. You know, obviously the CAA championship, you know, getting a bye in the first round of the playoffs and to lose a game like that where you get, you know, two quarterbacks knocked out and, uh, you know, you lose to your rival on the last weekend of the year. It it was tough and it took our guys a day or two, uh, to be honest, to get over. But then, you know, they did a great job kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with practice, uh, getting ready for Lafayette. And it it just shows kind of, uh, you know, the character of our guys. Um, You know, they're tough. They love playing ball. Um, So we were really proud of them. Uh, We've had, you know, not only the quarterback injuries, but some other injuries as well. Um, They didn't make any excuses. Uh, You know, we knew we had a good team coming in here. You know, we started slow, unfortunately, but, you know, did a great job fighting back and finishing the game.
0: Terrence Archer, associate head coach at the University of Delaware. Blue Hens coming to Missoula to take on the Montana Grizzlies. Second round of the FCS playoffs on Saturday night. I want to ask about one of your receivers there, Coach. Uh, Jordan Townsend was uh, electric. I think that's about as far of a kick return as you could have without actually housing it, but you got points out of it anyways. But,
2: I mean, he seems like he's been a great weapon, both special teams and on the perimeter. Just tell people a little bit about, about him. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan's been great since we got here. You know, we got here last year, uh, you know, installed a, a new offense, and Jordan, you know, really fit in great with what we do, and and to give him credit, picked it up extremely, extremely quickly. He's a really smart player, you know, a guy we can move around, plays in the slot a lot, but also in the backfield uh, out wide, and is just a really smooth route runner, has great hands, great feel for the game. Um, you know, we can kind of line him up wherever Um and he finds a way to get open, and he's made a ton of big catches for us over his career. And and like you said, obviously he's done a great job as a punt returner and a kick returner. Uh, you know he caught some grief from the guys not not scoring on that uh, on that kick return. So he'll he'll hear about that for a while. But you know, set us up for our first touchdown, and we really needed that to get going. Tell us a little bit
0: just about your guys' offensive philosophies as a staff. I know uh, Ryan Cardy, the head coach, uh, offensive guy. Chip Kelly coaching tree, you know, coaching there at New Hampshire early on in his career. And, and, and then you guys were together at Sam Houston as well. And Casey Keeler, obviously he has his offensive acumen as well. So I find coaching tree so fascinating, but I mean, just tell us sort of about your guys as, as a staff there at Delaware right now,
2: you know, coach Cardi is the guy who, you know, calls the shots on offense. It's, it's his offense. Uh, we worked together for four years down at Sam. Um, I was there a little bit before he got there. Um, and you know, our offensive philosophy is really, you know, we're going to be aggressive. We want to create explosive plays, um, both in the run game and throwing the ball down the field, um, you know, and just get the ball to our playmakers in space. Um, you know, we try and, uh, we're pretty multiple formationally, um, and motion wise. So, you know, we try and make it look, uh, different to defenses, but try and keep it, you know, somewhat simple for our guys. Um, You know, we'll have different stuff, screens, getting the quarterback out of the pocket. But, you know, our really biggest thing is just getting the ball to our good players in space and and let them go be athletes and use their speed and go score touchdowns.
0: College football in a nutshell, right? Using the space, (laughs) using the speed, right? Tell us about just how you think that matches up then with uh, Montana's defense. But First of all, I mean, just your general impressions. Montana does some some unorthodox stuff defensively, especially with their their front six. So what have you seen so yeah.
2: far these, uh, these yeah. this first couple of days? Yeah, Coach Bradford does a great job with those guys. I mean, they are very multiple, not only up front, you know, playing the three down, uh, but also in the back end. I mean, they'll play every coverage you, you could think of. You know, they'll play man, they'll play zone, they'll play two high, one high all different sorts of stuff. And, you know, I think it starts up front. Those three guys, you know, good Gu- governor. Is that how you say his name? Uh, the big guy, number, uh, 99 is a real good player. And those two ends that they have, um, you know, zero and 48 long guys, and they do a good job up front. And then, you know, they're really good. All, all levels. Uh, I think both corners are all big sky got players. Um, they do a really good job in man coverage so they are always around the ball. And, uh, You know, the three linebackers they have, um, you know, Flank and Hill, um, you know, those guys are good tacklers, strong. uh, You know, they play with great effort. They run to the football. So they're a really good defense. I think, you know, they're letting up 14 points a game or something like that. So we got our work cut out for us. um, You know, really impressed watching them on film um, and excited for the challenge.
0: One of the most interesting parts about the playoffs to me is – yeah, you can you can break down the film evaluation all that sort of stuff and I mean you guys do this so often that you can get a general personnel evaluation but sometimes you just can't really see it until you see the other team right so sure, how do yeah. you, how do you sort of get beyond that uh I don't know just, just sort of the, the mystery behind uh, preparing for you know an opponent that maybe there's not much
2: commonality with yeah, you know, you do your best with the common opponents and seeing them against teams maybe you've seen on film before, or you've played against. Uh but we know, you know, they're going to be they're going to be really good. You know, we played when we were down at Sam, we played Montana State 2 years ago. They were very good. Um so, you know, we kind of we know what to expect. They're a they're a high level Big Sky team, you know, one of the best defenses statistically in the country. So, you know, we have our our work cut out for us, you know, probably, you know, Villanova is another good, a very good defense um, that, you know, they're not that different from. Um, so that's kind of somebody who we can compare them to, um, but they're going to be, they're going to be a, a good test for us and we're looking forward to it. Terrence Archer
0: here on Nuwad is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app, or maybe you're watching in our Skyline Sports YouTube channel. Appreciate everybody for tuning in University of Delaware in uh, Missoula, Montana on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, have you ever been out this way? Coach, you mentioned you had the crossover with Montana State when you were at Sam Houston a couple years ago. Uh, they there?
2: came down. When we were at Sam, they came down to us. But when I was coaching at Monmouth, uh, we, oh, yeah. we played out at Mo- Montana State. Now, it was earlier in the year, so it wasn't yeah, uh, yeah. super cold. It was in September. It was either the first or second week of the year. Um, so that's when I had been out there, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was uh, that was early on in Monmouth sort of growth, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we were
2: probably just going to the Big South or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. I I
0: remember that game, certainly. Okay, well, uh, certainly a a new experience when it comes to just handling the the atmosphere. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. You guys play in front of a a great home field uh, at at Delaware Stadium as well. But, I mean, how do you sort of go about mitigating that challenge with uh, just uh, how big the crowd and how raucous it's going to be on Saturday?
2: Yeah, you know, we got the... uh... We got the crowd noise pumping at practice, uh, you know, and luckily for us, it was it was 22 degrees here when we walked out to practice this morning. So uh, it's cold for our guys out there. Uh, They're getting used to that. And, you know, our guys are excited when they came in on Sunday. They're excited about it. They know, you know, they've seen, you know, the Grizz play on TV and they know, you know, it's tight sidelines, big crowds. It'll be loud. So, you know, that's what you want when you come to Delaware. You want to play in big games in the playoffs. So I think our guys are excited about it. You know, we'll do our best to get acclimated once we're out there, but, uh, you know, they're looking forward to it. Keys for Delaware
0: uh, to come out here. If you're going to keep this playoff run going,
2: you know, we got to, we have to take care of the football on offense. You know, we turned it over a couple of times, uh, last weekend, also against Villanova in the last regular season game. You know, we need to protect the football on offense. Um, you know, be good on third downs. You know, they're really good defensively on third downs. Um, you know, and make those plays when they're there, you know, uh, there'll be some opportunities for us. And when those are there, you know, whether it be down the field in the passing game or, you know, up front in the running game, when, when plays are there to be made, um, you know, in a playoff game, uh, our guys have got to go make them against a good defense.
0: Aaron Archer here on new Orleans now ESPN radio coach. Appreciate the time, man. Travel safe and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. It's fun learning about new people from new places, new schools, New opponents, at least a new one in terms of my career. I've covered a lot of CAA opponents. By the way, uh, thanks for the text. I was uh, interested at this because I actually saw this in the Missoulian. So for a long time, it, the CAA was the Colonial Athletic Association. I referred to it as that earlier. I also saw in the Missoulian, though, an uh, article by Frank Gogola. And he referred to it as the Coastal Athletic Association. And I thought at first that was a typo, but I have been corrected and I also confirmed it is the Coastal Athletic Association. So uh, I guess I missed that memo. Most people refer to it as the CAA. But first time I've covered Delaware uh, in my uh, time covering college football. So we will be fun to have the Blue Hens out here. A big-time loss in Big Sky Women's Hoops announced yesterday. And she's from Missoula. We shall diagnose. Keep it right here. Nuan is now, ESPN Radio.
1: One, two, three. Is now on ESPN Radio.
0: Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT. I appreciate you for tuning in and being here uh, on this Thursday. I'm Coulter nunez Let's talk some college hoops. First of all, the news uh the news of the day in, in Big in Big Sky Conference and especially in Montana College Hoops, the state of Montana College Hoops, is a uh, brutal injury to Lexi Deaton. She is a Missoula Sentinel graduate who's now a senior at Montana State. She's been a good player for the Bobcats. I actually voted her as my preseason Big Sky Conference MVP this year because she has been uh, – Good and on the rise, but I also just thought given what Montana State loses, what uh, Montana State brings back, and the the system that they run, I just thought she was going to be really, really productive. And she was really, really productive out the gates. She was averaging 14 points and 8.5 rebounds per game. She had a career-high 23 points and hauled in a career-best 14 rebounds in a 75-57 win over New Mexico on Thanksgiving, and then in three quarters against James Madison, Sheridan had 14 points and six rebounds. That effort last week was uh, during the Thanksgiving tournament that the Bobcats played in in Cancun, was good enough to earn Lexi Dean Big Sky Conference Player of the Week. Well, little did we know that in the fourth quarter of that James Madison game, she suffered a torn ACL. It's going to end her season. Montana State released this yesterday. Trisha Bedford said, "We're just heartbroken for Lexi. She's a big part of what we are as a team, both on and off the court. Lexi has been a, uh, has had a phenomenal start to the season and was playing her best basketball. She's such a relentless competitor, and we will certainly miss that on the floor. The team will fight for her, and I know she'll play a big role leading this team from the bench. We're looking forward to her return. Deedon, even though she's a senior." She is a true senior, meaning that she has another year. She did not redshirt, so she can come back next year. And according to this release, she is planning on coming back next year. But still, man, that's brutal. Uh, she, she's expected to be. You know, I thought she's going to be one of the best players in the league. She's certainly get Yeah, you know, she's certainly a a top front line type player, uh, regardless of you know her her uh, MVP vote that I gave her, and uh, just in the system that Montana State runs, they love this dribble drive offense, and a lot of times they're four. If that four can be a kind of like a stretch four, that can hit a little elbow jumper and uh, be kind of versatile down low. They feed their posts a lot. They like to get in the extended fast break and, and get the ball down low. And uh, dean has been really productive even with having to share a lot of of, of shine with players like Darian White and Cole Badbear. So I, just, I thought her numbers were going to be elevated. That was certainly the case early on so far this year. Uh, so this one's... One that certainly hurts the cats, you know, not only as Coach Pinford said, they're not only from her production on the floor, but also she's a veteran, she's a leader, uh, you know, she plays really hard, and uh, so it's a, it's a bummer. We hope that uh, she can get back. You don't want anybody to to have it all go down like that. That's just a, that's a brutal way for it to go down. Uh, Andrew, what do you think that this does? I mean, obviously it impacts detrimentally Montana State's prospects it's going to be uphill sledding for them now because she's certainly one of their best players but uh, i mean this this impacts the league race a little bit at least right
3: I definitely think it does. You know, one of the teams that I've been most impressed with coming into this season has been Montana State, and they were one of the teams that we weren't sure what they were going to look like coming into this season just because they lost so much. Of course, Darian White, Cole Badbear, et cetera, et cetera, Leah Beattie, Grace Beasley uh, also transferred out. Weren't sure what they were going to look like. I mean, you know what the Trisha Binford team, they're going to play hard. They're, they're going to be a decent team, but I thought, from their non-conference that they've played so far, they were looking like a real conference championship contender or at least a contender uh, to get one of those buys in the conference tournament. So we'll see how this how this affects them. And it's tough because, as you sort of mentioned, Lexi Deaton was such a key piece for everything that they did on the floor. I've always been impressed with, just like you said, how hard she plays. Yeah. And that is, of course, what Trisha Binford is trying to instill in everybody at Montana State. And just having a leader who does that every day on the floor, practice games, so valuable for a coach like Trisha Binford. Now you don't have that. She's also just, uh,
0: you know, she's just kind of the emotional spark. I mean, they've had great leadership. Darian White's such a great floor general and such just a pleasant gal. And uh, and by the way, Darian White has been ripping it up at Nebraska. So good for her. We were a little bit... uh, questioning if that was going to be the case, but she's been great there. And, you know, Cole Badmer, same thing. But, you know, Lexi Deeden's kind of the, the one that, you know, she brings the, the passion, the extra the extra, know, kind of gusto.
3: That's why she got on the floor as a freshman in the first place. That's right, that was, yeah. you know, four years ago, she was not all that developed. She just... No was pretty athletic and, and played hard and never turned it off, and that's how she got on the floor as a freshman. And even, you know, I remember uh, a game I think two years ago, the game in Missoula, uh, she was the only thing who, player who really had anything going for the Cats.
0: It's totally true. The number one thing I can say about Lexi Deeded sometimes uh, young post players struggle with this. When you get the ball in good position, a lot of times they hesitate. She doesn't hesitate. She has right. the ball, it's going up. <laughs> and I love that about her. If you get the ball in a good spot, put that thing up there. Let it go in. Uh, on another college, so b- best of wishes to the Missoula Sentinel graduate, and uh, hopefully she can come back and, and get to get a chance to play her final year at college hoops because that's just brutal for that to, to end the way that it did. Um, on another college hoops note, no now ESPN Radio. The Grizz basketball team played last night in Reno, and gosh. I'm still having such a hard time turning the corner on this team because I watched them against UC Davis and they looked really good and I thought they looked fluid offensively. They have pieces that are familiar, not only to me, but with each other. I've been harping on that for so long. Like, basketball, you have to have chemistry. You have to know how to play together. They looked like a well-oiled machine that knew how to play together against UC Davis. Then they did not look good offensively against North Dakota State and, and had a bad loss, honestly, at home. Then they go on the road play Houston, who's absolutely one of the three best defensive teams in the country and maybe even one of the three best teams in the country, period. I mean, They're number six right now in the polls. If they're in the Final Four, it won't surprise me. So I don't know. I mean, how much do you take in a 79-44 loss there? What, whatever. That's an outlier. But then last night against Nevada, obviously Mountain West squad, I wasn't expecting the Grizz to go in there and win. And the, the final score is fine. It's respectable. 77-66 at a tough place to play. But the Grizz were just so poor offensively for the first half. It's it's just brutal how long str- – uh, the, the, they go through these long stretches, and it's it's almost it's almost every game. And it's been for several seasons now where they just will not score for four, five, six, eight minutes at a time. Like our good buddy, Ryan Corcoran, great friend of the show, voice of the Grizz, I can't tell you how many times I've been listening to his calls on these games, and he's like – you know, says the scoring is like Chris I haven't scored in four minutes and fifty seconds. Chris I haven't scored in six minutes and forty-four seconds. They just gotta figure that part out. Because you know like last night, they're down big at halftime. They're down 39-18 at halftime. They come storming all the way back. They win the second half by 10 points. So that's the thing I think that makes it frustrating is they have these moments, even these long stretches, even these whole halves where they do look functional if not good offensively. Then it just it sort of fades on them. So, uh, more that's to be continued because we're certainly going to dive more into Grizz hoops uh, a little bit later on. I was texting with Travis Teakir; they had a hard travel week this week because uh, they had to go from Houston and then come back and then go back to Reno. But the Grizz are back home on Saturday. It's a matinee game, San Jose State in town, one p.m. So you can go to that and then go to the football game. They got good ticket, uh, discount ticket prices available right now. So. Want to do a little double dip? Go watch Grizz Benz Hoops on Saturday. Uh, go check out Grizz Ticks or go, just go down to the Adams Center box office and check them out against a Mountain West team. But we'll talk more about this later on this week. Our one of the books. Our two coming at you. Let's do some NFL. Brooks Noana is all football all the time. Right after this.